you know, this is Manchester United, Voot Veghorst is being sold, and then you go online and, and it seems to be like, this is a good thing. You're like, it's not. Please stop telling me this is a good thing. It's not. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Off the ball. This is News Talk. Bumper, bumper weekend of sport coming ahead, particularly on the football front. Two massive derby games uh, in Britain, and uh, we've lots to discuss. Coming up tonight, David Jennings, uh, my former colleague in the Racing Post, will be on to discuss Davy Russell's return. Davy Russell is back riding tomorrow after what most rate one of the shortest retirements ever. Uh, he'd given up after about a quarter of a century for Christmas and lo and behold because of an injury to Jack Kennedy he's now back and one suspects that Davy who has five rides over the weekend is going to have quite a say in the narrative uh, towards the end of the national season and we still have nine weeks or so to go uh, to Cheltenham so Davy Russell is back and David Jennings will talk about that Clive Allen and Colin Buig are the guests on football kickoff with Sky Manchester United Man City obviously the big one but Spurs Arsenal as well um, kind of vying for that uh, title this weekend the crappy quiz earlier today a terrible beauty was born. It was so terrible, the crappy quiz, but it was somewhat enjoyable. I was uh, I was in the hot seat. Um, who was the least terrible? There were three people here vying uh, to win it. One of them is uh, over to my left, and I'll introduce him shortly. We also, later on, have the best of off the ball. Over to my left is Willow Callan, who you know, played your role in the crappy quiz. Somewhat enjoyable is quite mm. the review. What did you make of it? You you were sort of directing it, Mike. McCarthy. Yeah, I thought it was a it was a good quiz. We'll let the listeners decide later this hour. But uh, I thought you did, I thought you did an admirable job, Johnny, at times, and then it's other times. Kind no, of no, I thought I thought it was a, a very good hosting performance, actually, with the slight caveat of forgetting to inform the people of the clarifications. Nice. Uh, just a- at times. Adrian Barry was supposed to be there, and you literally like two minutes before the show said, "Well, we we brought in." Uh, well, that was that was Adrian's fault. <laughs> I can't really be held accountable <laughs> for that. To, uh, Adrian will not be on the quiz today, to much to the disappointment of his YouTube fan base, the Adrianettes. Yes. Um, who uh, follow his every move and enjoyed his hosting last week yeah, as well. Yeah. So. Aidan Delaney has just sent me through the football Saturday talking points for tomorrow, and of course, it starts off with Manchester United Man City um, on the football front. Say what you see, Johnny. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, you, you said in your intro, by the way, uh, there was the biggest game of the weekend. It's not an argument to say that Arsenal and Spurs is the biggest no, game. City, of the yeah, I think Man United, Man City, because I think um, you know you have possibly the second form team in the league against uh, hot favourites, and it's also the renaissance of Man United. I think that's compelling. I think um, test like I think. don't like I don't like these early kickoffs. I'm not going to lie; you've said that a million times, but the, I think it'd be a great atmosphere at this game because like Man United fans believe again. Yeah. I think I, I, it's such. I actually am intrigued by this game because it's a massive asset test. Because United have had all the, this weight winning run has been brilliant, and I've been impressed by them. I'd, I'd be the first to talk them down, but they've played nobody. You know what I mean? Since that Villa match that they lost, who have they beaten? They've beaten Villa again. They've beaten Forest. They've beaten. I can't even remember some of the people. But it's been yeah, Wolves types. You know what I mean? It, it, it's been a Bournemouth. It's been a pretty standard run. And they've been getting better, I think, and they pro- like it's almost like that was exactly what they needed. But now it's like, right, real test here. You're playing Man City. Everyone remembers what happened last time when I think City were the best I've ever seen them in that 6-3. But at the same time, all the conversation was about how terrible United were and how shambolic and uh, everything else it was and how nothing had changed. It's not That's not going to happen this time, but at the same time, that's a long way to make up 
and beating Bournemouth and Notts Forest at, uh, you know, at a canter doesn't tell me anything to, that, that, that they have bridged that gap. I, you I know think, what I mean? So I'm just intrigued yeah. because it's a real... We will know tomorrow whether this Manchester United renaissance is real or not, you know? I think I think that was the shortest, like, um, in the market, in the betting market, the Man City ever wore off the league this year was when they beat Man United and everyone thought it was a formality. It hasn't worked out like that. They're still five points behind. And if you do notice a pep in the proverbial steps of Dan, JD and I tomorrow, it's because the Soccer Writers Awards are on afterwards. So essentially we'll be just getting through the two hours and looking forward to a good shindig later on and JD I think is going to be uh, JD's done the old kind of dry very healthy Januaries I think we'll see the real JD tomorrow night but on that note <laughs> Roy Barrett um, there, there it is JD on what note pressure is on <laughs> on the note of Irish football uh, the outgoing Football Association of Ireland chairman Roy Barrett outlined his reasons for his decision uh, to leave his role earlier today I want to get you on this Will I thought this was um Something which really grabbed me and uh, a bit of intersport rivalry always gets uh, you know, the debate going as well. He says, the most obvious area the organisation needs to focus on now is the whole infrastructure within the game and the development of infrastructure within the game. The reality is that there has been chronic underinvestment in Irish football for the last 20 years or so. Absolutely true. If I put it in context, since 2000, we can argue whether it's right or wrong. The fact is, so this is a fact according to Roy Barrett, the GEA have got about 430 million in government grants. Football got 118 million. Rugby got 57 million. If you look at that per club, GEA got 208 grand per club. Rugby, 280 grand per club. Football, less than 100 grand per club. And we look at the likes of Croatia and we look at these teams flying inside the World Cup and the Euros and blah, 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 blah. We're miles behind. There are reasons behind this. So my takeaway from that would be that because there are fewer rugby clubs and the amount of money that rugby have taken, rugby must be extremely good at looking for government funding. Mm. Would be the first takeaway that you would have. I don't think that football has had friends in government per se in the last, Mm. in general, and not only at League of Ireland level, but also at local level. That's been a feeling for a long time, Johnny, and that has been a feeling as well since the FAI were in financial distress as well. There was that feeling that the government weren't giving them a fair shake. And even going into COVID, remember the payments that were taking place and they're Mm. very relevant to the figures that Roy Barrett is mentioning at the moment that the GA were able to leverage quite a bit of funding from the government at a time when they've been running up huge surpluses themselves as an association in the two years before that. And I even remember the debates that were happening in rugby at the time. There were many rugby journalists who were saying on calls that we would have had with Philip Brown, who was then the head of the RFU, that instead of looking for big government payouts during COVID that perhaps the RFU should have sold some of the land that they have that's actually incredibly lucrative. They resisted doing that and took the government grants that were available. But I think there is that feeling, particularly since the FAI got guarantees around their finances when they owe quite a bit of money to Bank of Ireland, particularly that the money has not flowed to association football in this country in the same way as some of the other team sports have. But that's a challenge for the FAI and it's a big challenge for whoever comes in to form this new board, mm. which is going to have a very different gender balance now, which was the big debate that Dan was having in this very chair um, with Joe the other night in the football show, was if Roy Barrett was one of the better people who was on the current committee within the FAI, surely he's not the guy who should drop out if he's got the aptitude to do a really good job in the FAI. He's very highly regarded. He's also saying, I'm not leaving like any particular time soon, but I'm trying to, you know, um, I guess... The transition is going to happen and I will leave in due course. Um, what do you make of it all? I, I I was actually in Whitehall last night buying a laptop for 100 quid, as it turns out, um, getting a bit of a bargain. Went past Whitehall, Column Kills, mm. and I, I just saw there's this kind of a real hub of activity and there's yeah. a lovely gym there. It's and a it, tiny club as well. Tiny like, club. Now, I, yeah. I, I'm just, this is purely just because I, I was there last night. But it did get me thinking about the 
you always get the feeling sort of that soccer is sort of the poor relation in, in, in for some reason and I, I do feel this is the case I was going to bring this up like I mean you can blame government and you can blame other sports and you can like all of this like politicians will go where votes are football is the most popular sport in the country by playing numbers, by people following it, all the like, I, I'm going by anecdotally, but the metrics would suggest you it as well, right? Quickly, yeah. Football mm. is the most popular sport in the country. However, I don't know if football clubs play um, are as big in their community as GA clubs or certain rugby clubs, right? And like, even I, I'm just even thinking completely anecdotally in in uh, the town where um, uh, I from or group or whatever you want to describe it as a, in, in Clare like hurling was always the number one there and rugby has been huge by dint of like Keith Wood, Anthony Foley and a real good regeneration of the rugby club and building it up and a lot of kids play rugby right but I would say anecdotally people watching people playing as kids people even playing uh, with the club soccer, football is probably still the biggest sport but in terms of its place in the community, it's third. Why is that actually? Well, that's I, everywhere, John. Yeah. I, well, not everywhere, no, no, but no, I think no, it's no, in a huge amount of places. And football need and football clubs and football need to do something about that and need to make themselves more a part and of it. Anecdotally, anecdotally, participation in terms of crowds that go to like non-league games, soccer games in Ireland, I'd say they're absolutely terrible compared to GA. Like you'd, you'd see this like non-league football in Ireland. We, we give out about League of Ireland crowds. People generally don't watch football games at local level, certainly not relative to Gaelic and to, Lex, to an in rugby. And you can go to like a, a local women's football game, uh, Gaelic football, and there'll be far more at that than the soccer lads playing. I'm not sure why that is. Because but it's your town. It, or your community are being represented by your GA club, okay. not by your soccer club. Okay. So take Swords, for example, where I am. Sword Celtic is right beside Fingalians, right? Mm. Sword Celtic games, they're a good club. They're a very, very good football club. But it's going to be parents and friends mm. that go to those games. Fingalians will have people in the, the local area who will want to go and support them. And that's on a, that's a small level. I, I guarantee that's the same in all of your places. You know, the football team is, is, is a big deal, but it doesn't have a support base. It doesn't have the sense that you represent your town. Maybe if you go on like a Leinster Senior League run or something like that to a high level that might get in a, in a local town. Yeah. You know, there was, FBI there was Junior Cup, FBI yeah, Junior Cup. That notwithstanding, Will, though, facilities-wise, and there have been... But, but I'm saying, sorry, because yeah. I, I think you're right, but I just think we need to get to the point where football... You can't be relying on other people doing it, even if they're right. Even if they're in the right and saying, hold on, what the hell, GEA's getting this and rugby's getting this and we've got the participation numbers and we're getting nothing. That's all fine. But you have to do something about it. And that, like, it starts with perception and it starts with your place in the community and it starts with people willing to fight for you or willing to vote on your behalf. People will vote on the GEA's behalf. They will say, that politician did nothing for us. They didn't, know, they didn't help build our clubhouse. They didn't do this mm. and that and the other. But people will take that stuff seriously. They don't. I just don't feel that football has that imprint in an awful lot of places this is not a catch-all uh, yeah, conversation I, I will say obviously there's my exceptions. local club at home Shivan Rovers and um, they've done amazing things like um, developed a little all-weather pitch two floodlit pitches and have a little community centre where like people go in and play cards now of a Monday and it's great like that but in general Will um, you look at the spate of games called off this winter we need more AstroTorf pitches in Ireland football wise we need better facilities because we're, we don't be here in 20 years time and say why is Ireland fo- Irish football still nowhere near what it should be 
Yeah, and look, some of the clubs who were able to develop artificial surfaces or to do up their grounds in the last 20 years often did so by the din of getting a little bit lucky, where mm. perhaps their field had a value within a town, mm. a builder came in and bought it, and they were able to exchange it for other land and use the additional funds to be able to do up their facilities. Um, I was chatting to Stephen Kenny in Tullamore Town a few months ago mm. when he came down to do a coaching session there, and he was looking at their facilities and thinking, this is just absolutely remarkable. I was saying, in a way, they probably got a little bit lucky because I remember their old pitch in the middle of town, where the facilities were a lot smaller, they weren't as good as they have now and they were able to invest their own money back in but I think there was always a feeling within clubs and even leagues Johnny that once upon a time from an FAI perspective it was really a case of waiting for you know the FAI CEO to come down with a check to the club as opposed to there's a lot of knowledge within some of the other sporting organisations when it comes to funding and I've even seen that with the Midland Schoolboys League at the moment have bought land where they want to produce artificial pitches in a gym they're looking to get central funding from the government and by their own admission they don't have the experience that some Mm. of the local GA clubs or the county boards have where they have been getting capital grants all of the time and sports funding and that expertise probably isn't there in football I'm not sure exactly how that happened but they're admitting that like they've got a league that goes from East Galway across to Kildare and the three Midland counties in between so they're covering a huge amount of underage footballers that are playing the game but their feeling is that when it comes to getting access to funding they may well have to tap in outside resources to give them help to do so Got to get you on this as well Well, just uh, in terms of the best look to Galbally Pierce's Rathmore Stewartstown Harps and Fossa and Sunday in the football um, and in the hurling uh, on Saturday this is the intermediate and uh, junior, junior All-Ireland Seven, finals yeah. Monlene Turin and uh, Pally Giblin play Eastgy um, that's in the junior tomorrow but I suppose the main uh, Gaelic Games news over the weekend was awfully withdrawn from the O'Boran Cup semi-final with Loud you are an awfully man what's all this about? Wasn't surprised they did so based on mm. Liam Curran's comments when he came off the field on Wednesday night at Parnell Park Offaly beat Dublin to qualify for a semi-final against Louth. He was very unhappy that Louth had not fielded in their final group game because they knew that they were already qualified which was going to give them an eight-day turnaround before hosting a team that they knew in the semi-finals that would have played midweek. So he felt there wasn't a fairness about that. He pointed out even before the competition had started that many players are missing because of the Sigerson at the moment. That the Sigerson overlap with the pre-season competitions is having an effect perhaps more on some counties than others. He was saying that 11 players are missing there. So Offaly put out a statement earlier today saying that they went and got advice from their medical team and the feeling was that for player welfare, because there's now a small core group of players because the 11 that are away at the Sigerson, mm. two more injuries they picked up midweek, that it's not a good idea for them to play a third game in an eight-day spell. But it has created a much bigger argument about the O'Byrne Cup, Johnny. Quite aside from Offaly not playing this weekend, you look at Carlo and Leash pushed their game back because it was on playable midweek. Carlo have now said because the amount of players they've away this weekend, there's no point playing it because the league is coming around in two weeks time and the priority for these teams is to try and get promoted in their respective leagues rather than winning competitions and I think you look at the seriousness with which the McKenna Cup is being taken in Ulster maybe speaks a lot about how the Ulster counties view each other and how important those games are for warm-up for the league versus the way the Leinster teams have treated the O'Byrne Cup this year where you had two games not played at the end of the group stages I think if you enter a competition all games should be played for no other reason than respect to your opposition who you're due to play against because the two counties who didn't get a game midweek missed out as a result Mm. and also I think if you enter you should play it even if you have to bring it down to the you know between the 30 and 45th best player in the county if they need to play Yeah, Yeah. Last word to you Well just I think like the likes of Offaly uh, find that more difficult to do than you would in a Dublin or a bigger population centre it's not easy for Offaly wouldn't have the biggest playing numbers like who, what level are you going down to at, if, if all your players are playing Sigerson and that's the problem these competitions shouldn't exist I think that like I, I've no if you need pre-season games before the league starts 
Why is it a competition? Why mm. is it a competition? Because you're talking about integrity in the competition. There's never been any integrity in the O'Byrne Cup or the or even like Mechanic Cup Grand. Maybe they take it seriously because they're their own thing. But everywhere else is the exact same scenario. It matters not a jot. I think ideally you're not even playing teams in your own province yeah. at this time of year. Why not? Why not keep that something that's special? Yeah, as opposed to you know like Claire played tip last week in the hurling, and honestly I was like I was kind of half following it. I was like, oh, like I'm just going to be annoyed because tip won. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know anything about anything that happened in that game, and I don't want to know. It's irrelevant. Even the leagues are relevant in hurling, to be honest, mm-hmm. because it's just following into another league. Like, but in football, are, like this is it shouldn't exist. Like. These games are going to be more relevant because the league has actually moved back in the calendar mm-hmm. a little bit too. So these teams are now talking about the fact that they've got league preparations for two weeks' time. So even when these were played back in December a few years ago, it felt like it was more of a kind of an easy run into the season. Mm-hmm. Now they're right in the middle of an already congested period of the season. I think we will get to a point where the club championships will end up finishing in December. And I reckon we will get to a point where the pre-season games will be allowed and training will be allowed in December for inter-county teams. I think the league will end up starting even maybe on the second or third week of January as opposed to now. The the big problem is the Sigerson. There is no good place to fit that in. Colleges are very against the idea of playing them before the December exams, and I can understand that. At the same time, they don't really have a place. Well, if they're on now and there's no O'Burn Cup, what's the problem? Leave the league where it is. Play the Sigerson in its own window now, and in the meantime, let counties organise their own challenge matches Thanks. which is what they're doing anyway Thanks for your time lads yeah and we've uh, loads more to come including um, Will will be back um, yeah he'll be back in the crappy quiz and I think that's worth waiting for as well as Davy <laughs> Russell uh, discussed by uh, David Jennings he's back